Today on the show, I'm happy to have Frederick Whipple. He's the founder of Dynamic Documents. They're an intelligent node for digital business acceleration. So what happened when you got a call one day and they said the funding was gone? Yeah, we were in Silicon Valley. We were participating in the Tink program, Technology Incubator. Everything was on a wave. Everything was fine. We were there for a month at the Nordic Innovation House and just down the street from Stanford in Palo Alto. We got that call. And our technology partner basically told us that, hey, the funding we've been giving you is done. And I'm laughing now, but I can assure you I wasn't at that time. What did we do? Me and my, my sales manager, he, we sat down and we took a big whiteboard and we said, let's kill all our darlings. And that's what we did. A lot of uh, stabbing <laughs> that exercise, actually. And then we met with a, a guy who had a called Valley Nordic, Chandrick. And he's changed our perspective because he looked at us and he said, that's a validation. And we realized that, hey, yeah, that is a validation. That's actually what it is. And that was when you drop in down and further down all the way until you think that there's no bottom and then you reach the bottom, at least that's a solid ground to stand on. <laughs> that's what, where we were. From that point on, we, yeah, we continued the program, went home. And we signed a contract, $2 million with uh, the third re uh, largest reseller in Europe. I think that was a, a good ending to a terrible story, but still, it was terrible at the time. And the takeaway that I have from this now with perspective, obviously, is that any challenge that you meet is really a sign of you strengthening the muscles that you don't have. And when you hit bottom, there's only one way to go. True. Yeah, only one way. <laughs> That's true as well. And it might be a pivot. It might be the same that you've always been doing. But I, I think actually they were right when they did what they did. They did it for a reason. They'd heard us say that, hey, there are potential, there's potential. And we never realized it. So I don't blame them, really. And of course, at the time, you think that, hey, they're stupid, they're, they're, they're idiots, and so on. But at the end of the day, it was their money. It was their funding. I think it was quite good, actually. And, and one of their... Not the chairman, but one of their owners, he came to Silicon Valley and, and another job uh, that he had, and we sat down with him and yeah, he was really instrumental to uh, turning the, the journey up and they helped us with some financing at the end and they really restructured the company in a way that was more wise. Without him, it wouldn't have happened. And that's also the second takeaway, which think about now is that if you're really vulnerable, if you're really down and, and everything, if you open up your heart and really open up what you believe in and so on, very few kick on someone who's laying down. Very few do. So that authenticity seems to bring around the right types of people. Really good point. I haven't thought of it that way, but that's true because we thought he was a really tough guy, which he was, but at the same time, when we were probably tough when he was tough, but, and when we weren't, he had a heart. Spot on, Chad. And now you're making another shift in the business. What we, I realized is that this, the business we have now is not scalable enough. We need to look at other avenues, basically. There's no main need for this pivot, but I'm always looking to solve problems. And I'm an engineer and I like solving problems. And I think they made a thesis about dishwashing. And they found out that there were 254 ways of doing your dishes. And that tells me that there are always more solutions than problems, even if people try to focus on the problems. 
found a problem, which is at the vendor side of the sales channels that we work with now. We've been working with distributors and resellers. And at the vendors, I see a trend, which I didn't see when I was in the automotive industry. Now I'm in the IT industry. And that is that vendors are losing. Channels are winning. And that's not only in the, this industry, but I, I read a report from Canalysis that this quarter was the first quarter, a trend break, where the channel makes more money than the vendor. And I think that's wrong. So I want to give the power back to the vendors. And from what I understand in IT industry, there's only one vendor who actually makes more money than their channel. And that's Apple. And the reason why is because they built the channel and they own the channel. So they manage the channel. All the rest, distributors are TD Cynix, Ingram Micro, Arrow, big, large companies, but third parties. The same thing with the resellers and there, then since there are so many vendors in the world and there are many, it's easy to, to switch from one to the other, then the channel owns it. And I want to give that power back to vendors. So what's the plan to get vendors into essentially creating their own channels? I think what we've done in the solution with dynamic documents is to provide a sort of a glove on top of the channel that's already existing because no one wants to change anything. No one wants to have something new. Unless it's something amazing that's, that's the jobs that someone could deliver. And even at that time, it was difficult for him. So what we've done is to put a glove on that, which in, enhances the actual channel that, which is already available. What we want to do is to put that glove in the hands of the vendor. Currently, we put it in the hands of the reseller and help them with the distributors. But now we want to do it top down instead. What would a specific example be of this vendor channel relationship in the current and then with the glove on it. So currently, basically what a vendor does is that they've developed this fantastic product and now they have that. And then they go to the channel and say, Hey, distribute this and resell this. And basically it's the father that has his Rolls Royce and he gives the keys to his son and he says, take care of it for me. Okay. And then once I get a purchase order back from the customer, uh, here's the card delivered back. And that's great if you have a son that you can trust hundred percent and so on, but you don't know what's going on out there. That's what they do currently. And many of them really work with the channel with third parties on top of that. So they engage companies which are calling out to distributors, where is the quote, what's going on and feeding their CRM systems and so on. Now that's before we arrive with, with, with our new product then. Afterwards, it would be that we would bring transparency to the quote to cash process for that vendor. And then we will manage all the underlying dynamics, such as currencies and terms and conditions, languages, yeah, all the things that you need to get that product all the way back. So they can see what's going on and they can support when they need to and pull back some margins when they have to. So like with the Apple example, let's say, so let, if Apple hadn't created their own stores to distribute directly to the client. They would have been reliant on a distributor who then would distribute them to retailers. And then you would have had all these layers in between. Yeah. And so, and that's what you're saying here with all these providers. So the idea is you're still going to use that existing system, but now you're going to have a lot more insight through every step in that process. And that insight, that information is valuable to you and can help you not be so reliant on those channels. Correct. And the way we want to do it is to, it's really what they call it, the Indian rope trick or what they call it, it's an impossible thing, but you need to give something that is helpful for the, the partners because otherwise they won't participate. And at the same time, you need something that gives you control 
as a vendor of it. Uh, and that's what we learned in Dynamic Documents during the last couple of years, right? A, a vendor with this product will be able to monitor what's going on by the transparency. And the way we do it is through a Web 3.0 concept. So each database is really uh, at the local partner. So the distributor have their, their margins and so on, because there are inf information which belongs only to them and not to the vendor. And the same thing for the reseller. And so Web 3.0 is really important. Not that we sit uh, as a provider with all the data in one huge database, a bit like Facebook, you upload your pictures and they're not yours any longer. I don't think that's fair and it doesn't work if you have a channel with where everyone needs to have their own information protected, right? But the original quote comes from the vendor and that original quote, the vendor should have the right to all the way throughout the channel. Then if the distributors add upsells and cross-sells and what else they do, that's their business, obviously, and helping, helping the vendor go forward. Does that make sense? It does. And if one of our listeners wanted to get in touch about this new product and learn how to get involved, how could they do it? The easiest is to go to the website speedquoting.com and take it from there. I'll give them a 10-minute discovery call and yeah, we'll see what we can help them with. Okay, perfect. Well, you heard that, speedquoting.com. And thank you, Frederick, for coming on the show and everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.